Let's go to the Bartow Ford DAE hotline, and let's bring in our guy, Bob Herrick. Bob, what's going on, brother? How are you? You guys sure you, sure you guys got the wrong person? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. It'd be, you know what? That's live golf money right there. Yeah, you, you ain't think about, about it. Yes, it is. It hasn't quite trickled down this way, but... Um, yeah, we can dream, right? That's right. Bob, where are you at right now, buddy? What's uh, what's on your docker for this week? I'm at Wilmington Country Club uh, in the great state of Delaware where the uh, BMW Championship is taking place this week. I'm back on the PGA Tour. I've been at a, my share of live events, and now I'm... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. 72 holes, I'm not used to it. It's only been 54 <laughs> the last couple of these tournaments, so <laughs> okay. it's all good. Well, let me let me say that. I mean, you went to live. You've been to live tournaments before. Obviously, you've been to hundreds and hundreds of PGA tournaments. Is there any difference between a live tournament and a PGA tournament? And if so, what what's the big difference? Well, I mean, aside from the shotgun start thing and the fifty four holes, and look, I'll be honest, the shotgun start is tough to get used to. Yeah. Um, it's great that you don't have to worry about the round starting until noon. Mm-hmm. For yeah. one o'clock, all that's terrific, but it all ends at the same time, you know. And from a media perspective, that's a little, yeah, it's a little challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little challenging on on TV too, or how it's being streamed or what have you. It's, you know, they're all kind of finishing at once, and you you have to really kind of pay attention to where the holes, you know, what hole they started on. But in terms of the golf, no, it's it's the same. Once the ball is in the air. They're playing golf. It's not goofy golf. It's regular golf. They play by the rules of golf. The courses are set up tough. They've played at some very good venues. Um, you know, the last one, the Bedminster course in New Jersey, that was supposed to have the PGA Championship this year. You know, so clearly the PGA isn't going to a place that they deem to be inferior. It's a good, very good golf course. Um, so from that part of it, no, it's been the same. It's just all the outside noise that, is what it sort of, you know, kind of captured us and, and made for, uh, you know, the, I guess, you know, why, we're, why we talk about it so much. It's been a very polarizing topic, probably more so than any I've ever seen. And, you know, that, that includes Tiger, who for a long time in his career was very polarizing. Sure. And, you know, that doesn't come close to comparing to this. Sports Illustrated's Bob Harrig, and also a friend of the program for sure. And listen, you, Bob, you wrote an article about a month ago of, you know, what fans needed to understand about live golf. And just look up, look it up on Twitter. It's something I, Bob, you did a great job. But just look it up online. It's fantastic. Uh, Bob, you really went into kind of what you said about the shotgun starts and the differences. Now, the big story, obviously, in the last couple of days was Tiger getting on a plane kind of rallying the troops with the PGA Tour. What did you glean from what happened there with Tiger? And also, Ian and I were going over this yesterday, is what is Tiger going to be able to tell these guys? Because they're not going to see the kind of money that Tiger was making from golf and from the endorsement. So how do you answer both of those? Yeah, it's a great question, both of them, because, I mean, from a kind of a morale standpoint or from a, you know, having the best player of our generation standpoint on your side. Oh, that's great. Right. But, but what, you know, what can he really do? What, what can he, what can he do to change anything? And, and clearly they must've been discussing ideas. They've not really said, we've been keeping that kind of quiet. And I understand why they, they want to go with the unified front 
uh, to the commissioner of the PGA Tour and the tour leadership and bring some ideas to them, bring them some thoughts on how things could improve. Now, is that too little too late? Uh, will it have any impact? You know, what, what are we talking about? You know, Roy McElroy said today, one of the things was we need to bring the top players together more often. What he means by that is in the same tournaments. And look, that's been a, that's been a mandate for years. It's been talked about forever. Uh, that's why the World Golf Championships came along. Um, that's what the Players' Championship is meant for. That's what Tiger's Tournament, the Genesis, and Arnold Palmer's, and Jack Nicklaus's, they're, they're meant to do that. Um, and they've enhanced a bunch of tournaments starting next year where they've increased the purses and tried to make them more elite. So I think we'll see some of that. But does it, does it really accomplish the goal? Um, you know, you're doing that then at the expense of the other tournaments. You know, and, and in terms of our local instance, um, you know, this has come up a bunch, but the Arnold Palmer tournament next year is going to have a $20 million purse. Players' Championship, $25 million. Who comes next? The Valspar with a very, very good purse, but, you know, nowhere near that, not even half. And then the week after the Valspar, the Mass Play Tournament, which is another elite event that's going to have a $20 million purse. So great that they're going to maybe be bringing the top players together all the time, but then what about the rest, what about the rest of the tournament? A tournament like our tournament in, 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 at Innisbrook, you know, they, they have to compete against that, and it's not easy. How are you, how you going to get top players um, when they might be committed to the other events, which is completely understandable? And, and don't forget, last year's Valspar, uh, you know, won, won by Sam Burns again, uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka played in it. You know, they were both there. Yeah. And now, now they're with Liv, and, and the way the rules are set up now, they wouldn't be allowed to play. So it's a very, very volatile, you know, uh, disruptive situation that we find ourselves in right now with pro golf. Well, Bob, I, for me, I don't know how it works in the long run, and, and Live Golf is clearly taking away talent from the PGA Tour. How has it affected the ratings? How's the TV ratings been to this point? I don't think it's impacted them at all, really. I mean, uh, the pro the thing with Live Golf is they are not they do not have an over the air uh, network contract. They they've just been streaming their events on YouTube and and on their own website, um, and that's been it. And um, uh, so they don't have the, the mass audience to get to to really make it a, a, a fair fight. Uh, you know the, the 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 tournaments that they've gone up against. Now one of them was. Was the John Deere Classic, which which admittedly had a poor field, and um, and so uh, uh, that I don't know that that's a fair a fair comparison. That had a poor field anyway. The last one was the um, uh, the Rocket uh, the Rocket Mortgage a couple of weeks ago that Tony Finau won, and uh, I think that tournament did fine. I think it did fine against uh, the Live event until Live gets a. A, uh, a more, um, you know, a, a, a streaming deal that has some juice or a network deal that has some juice, they're going to have a hard time competing, especially when, you've, when you're really kind of talking about an older audience that follows golf. Now, of course, they're looking for the younger audience. The younger audience is used to streaming. The, the younger audience might not have regular TV, so, so maybe this will fit right in for them uh, when, when, they get that, uh, when they get that squared away. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Bob. That Ian and I were discussing that is like that's the one hindrance with live golf. You could have all these names, but if it's not as accessible as turning on what CBS or NBC, they're still going to be playing catch up a little bit here. Patrick Reed comes out and now he's suing for seven hundred and fifty million. Uh, I mean, my goodness. I mean, does he have any legs to stand on this? I mean, wh- why now for Patrick Reed? Does he really care that much about with what Chambly and people are saying about him? Yeah, this is a this is a head scratcher to be sure. Um, you know, and I read the lawsuit, and um, you know, you just kind of look at it and you go, "Man, I mean, first of all, um, proving uh, you know a- any kind of defamation, uh, proving libel or slander. Uh, I guess it would be slander in Chambly's case because it's spoken, or if I wrote something, it would be libel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to do for a public figure." You know, there, there, there has to be malice. It has to be intentional. Like I have to write something that I, you know, I, I accuse him of something or I'm so hard on him that I am absolutely looking to inflict harm. And that's very hard to prove it. There's a higher standard for a public official or a public entity like uh, Patrick Reed. Obviously, he's a professional golfer. He's well known. And so I'm, I'm very, I'm really surprised by this, frankly. It's, it's, you know, if it plays out, it's going to get very expensive. Um, you know, it's uh, there's there's the discovery that can happen on both sides. Look, Reed has been involved in some very high-profile rules incidents that have ca- called into question, uh, you know, his his integrity. I mean, that, that's not like knocking him. That's just the truth. You know, if you if you guys have ever seen that incident in the Bahamas where. You know, he 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 was penalized two strokes for improving his lie in a in a um, in a waste area. I mean, the way it looks does not look good for him. It looks like he intentionally moved the sand behind his ball when he was taking practice swings. You know, that just does not go over very well in golf. No, it does not. You know, it's it. it it's a it's a badge of honor in other sports to get away with something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Ian, you would know. Obviously, you know, if you could get away with holding, you're trying not to, but you if you can do it, never. Nobody's gonna, <laughs> ever going to give you a hard time about that. Yeah, yeah. Golf to try to get over is is viewed poorly, yeah. and you know, Reed has never ever been able to play that down. He had an incident in his last tournament that he won at Torrey Pines uh, last year, where you know he. Uh, with an embedded ball, and he moved it before a rules before a rules official came on the scene, and and he's had several of these things that have led to people criticizing him. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, I'm not sure what he expects. Uh, so, but it's a heck of a lot of money, and it's um, uh, uh, you know, I just I, I'm I'm not sure that Liv needs that because obviously you know Reed's gone to Liv. Uh, Liv has gotten off to a pretty good start, a decent start. They've got some momentum. They've played three events. They've got five more. They're going to play their last one down at Doral uh, at the end of October, and they plan to play 14 next year. They they actually are planning to launch their league a year earlier than they had, than they were going to. They they've had so much success. They're moving it up. I don't think they're going anywhere. And so if I'm Liv, I'm wanting to play nice right now. You know, get on people's good side. Don't be the villain because um, eventually they're going to need world ranking points. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want the majors to turn on on their players. And it sounds to me like some of their players don't want to be prohibited from playing in PJ Tour events. Mm-hmm. 
well, that's that's never going to work if you take this adversarial stance, you know. And so, all of that has to play out still. And and you know, going back to the whole Tiger thing, I don't get the sense that Tiger wants to work with them. You know, I, I get the sense that Tiger sees there's been a line drawn, and you're on that side, and we're on this side. Well, Bob, that's a great lead-in. Before we let you leave, last question. Now, Tiger Woods still one of the biggest names in all of sports. Uh, he's trying to convince. You know, these players that they're turning their backs on the PGA Tour. Is Tiger Woods still as influential as he was, we'll say, 20 years ago in the PGA Tour? He's not the same player, but is his name still as important for the PGA Tour? I think it might be more so because I think Tiger now has sort of this stature of of someone who is a respected you know, almost an elder statesman. He would hate that term, I think. Um, but, but um, you know, obviously he knows. We're all aware that, his, that the best of his playing days are behind him. It's going to be very, very limited. But, I mean, the fact that he flew up here to go to a three-hour meeting, you know, he, he could have done that by Zoom. He could have been conference called in. He actually did it because he felt it was important to be here in person. And uh, I think that says a lot about him. You know, I think it says a lot about how much he cares. You know, frankly, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, he might not have cared. Mm. He, he was looking out for himself. He was very, very singular in his focus. And now he's got the experience of all that's going on. And look, you know, if, if anybody is deserving of the guaranteed money that Liv is talking about and is being offered, and frankly, to me, is the root of why we're in this situation, because golfers don't have guaranteed money, it's Tiger. I mean, imagine Tiger um, coming to the Valspar. Let's just use our own tournament. All right, it's not that expensive for him to fly across the state, but he flies over. He gets a, rents a house for the week, which I'm sure is based on the entire week. Let's say that house is $10,000, okay? He's got to pay his caddy. You know, he's got other expenses involved, meals, whatever. He's not guaranteed a penny. Mm-hmm. And he's part of the show for two days, actually three, because Tiger would be in the pro amp. Yeah. He's he's part of the show. He's part of what people buy tickets for. And if he doesn't perform, he doesn't make it to the weekend. And he doesn't get paid. Mm. I mean, there's no other sport that does this. Not even tennis. Mm. If you lose in the first round of a tennis tournament, you still get paid. Obviously, even even in the NFL, I, I know the contracts are not guaranteed, but there are signing bonuses, mm-hmm. which is sort of in, in that that's meant to replace the guaranteed salaries. You know, baseball players, hockey, they all have guaranteed money. They all have bad days. They still get paid. You know, you could be in the biggest slump of your career. You're still going to get played. If you're in a big slump on the PGA Tour and don't make a cut for three months, you're not getting paid for three months. So I kind of get the argument. It's amazing we're at this point, and that's how they're compensated still. And Liv has sort of stepped in and said, hey, guess what? You know, we're going to pay you up front. And then you get to play for a ton of money, too. It's pretty, you know, you can see why they're enticed. There's no other person that we would rather talk to about this subject than you, Bob. Follow him on Twitter at Bob Herrick, Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Go get the book today, Tiger and Phil Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Get it on Amazon. It's on my nightstand. I read a couple excerpts, a couple of paragraphs every night before bed. Bob, you're the man. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk again soon, buddy. Thanks, Bob. I'll be adding another chapter or two to that book one of these days. Thank you, guys. There, there you go. The great Bob Herrick. Yeah, man.